0: Welcome to what is it about the weather where weather is always the theme but the weather eh, that's not really our topic. So this week we're going to be talking about the connection between weather and gift giving. How much snow do you really want to make sure you get the most gifts right? Any case before we get to that let me just say I hope you've had an interesting and enjoyable and weather entwined week in some sort of way that's been uh I don't know, maybe giving you a new perspective on things about how weather weather influences your life. I think the biggest thing this past week for me in the Weather Enterprise has been the controversy about, do people know where they live? Now, let me just say that what, what initially sparked this was a tweet and a post, I think they also posted on Facebook, uh, from a local National Weather Service office reminding people that it's really not their job to tell you where you live. You know, so much of the National Weather Service, in terms of uh, watches and warnings and those sort of things, have been has been county focused for a very long time, and they are doing some things with polygons that you know kind of change that up a little bit. But their point really was, do you know where you live? And you know, there's been some outspoken kind of comments about this from some well-known on-air meteorologists such as James Spann and you know a lot of chatter this week but it also came up in a seminar that I went to or conference I went to done by the the local weather service office and some speakers were talking to it and they highlighted the challenges when people particularly that don't come from county-oriented areas have to kind of switch that mindset. But, you know, there's a lot of people, and I know even growing up in a day and age, well before GPS and all those wonderful things, where I knew the counties around me, but I may not have known two counties over. And, you know, in terms of response time and kind of understanding where, you know, dangerous weather might be, that could still be important. You know, it's things can move fast in the weather world. So just knowing where you are may not Alone be enough information and I I think with where we're going with apps and everybody having weather in the palm of their hand that maybe there's an opportunity here for even people that don't know where they live because let's be realistic it's not necessarily just knowing about where you live and that's I guess my biggest problem with the post is there might be someone in the vicinity that gets an alert on their phone because you know a lot of times when you're carrying your phone it it changes to wherever you are and providing you alerts or it should I mean that's the whole benefit of having this device there it's not going to do them any good to look at a map because they don't know the area that they're visiting really well um, but that's also the pro of, of the mobile device right so it, it gives it's a potential to give us information relative to our position anywhere so it's not just about where you live it's about where you travel and everything else And not everybody's going to be able to memorize all those things. Yes, I agree. It's always good to know where you live. Uh, But I also think there's an opportunity for if the tools are used properly to take advantage of the fact that people aren't always going to know when they're visiting family or friends or on business travel or somewhere over the holidays or wherever it might be. There's an opportunity to protect people everywhere through the advances of that phone or that device that they're carrying around, knowing where they are, right? So hopefully we'll continue to find that thing. But I I do always recommend knowing where you live, I guess. Um, We should all know that anyways. I mean, you you know, kind of understanding at least where you spend the bulk of your time, escape routes for different situations. And, you know, it came up again. I I think I would mentioned the tornado warnings I had last week here. But just knowing in your own location, where to go, what to do. It, you know, it starts at home and business and those sort of things, but it should grow and expand in case you are out and about or in an area that, you know, you frequent often. You know, what, it's like just like fire warning systems, I guess. No, knowing what to do in case of emergency, I think, is a healthy thing. But leveraging what we have in this day and age is also a healthy thing, and it's the whole point of having advances in technology, right? All right, so let's get into... Okay, how much snow do I need to get to optimize how many gifts I'm going to get for Christmas? I I really do want to talk about it in a broader sense, and quite honestly, not just focus on Christmas. I mean, it's certainly a big time of year here in the U.S. where it's a very commonly celebrated holiday. And I did a little, you know, investigation on this, and I I found an interesting kind of tidbit that actually most gift-giving does happen between December and February, Of every year. Now, there's some very logical reasons behind that, right? Uh, It could be that, well, Christmas, Hanukkah, for instance, you know, a couple of religious, big religious holidays are this time of year, and there are others. You've also got traditional New Year or Chinese New Year. Again, Chinese New Year tends to be a little later, but still within that window. Things like Valentine's Day. So, so many of these things take place in. A concentrated time of the year in terms of big gift holidays. So the distribution was still concentrated even if it wasn't specifically tied. And I know there's a lot of people around the world that celebrate the concept of Christmas even if they're not practicing Christians. It's, you know, it is it is still a time of year to be joyful and happy and show your appreciation and gratefulness to others through, through gift giving, right? So what does that mean, really? Now, first off, of course, it means for roughly 90% of the world, it's a little less than that, but 90% of the world, it's it's winter time. Now, you could argue the tropics, you pull out a big portion of that, that don't really, you know, winter's still a very relative term. And there is the South American component. Having lived on both sides of the equator on the holiday, I can tell you it's very weird when you're used to having um, not necessarily snow, but at least colder weather around Christmas time. And all the things, you know, that you grow up with, particularly in the U.S., with, you know, whether it's specials on TV and all these things, have a lot of cold associated with them. You know, they promote the snow angle. They promote, you know, bundling up and being out in the weather. And white Christmas is certainly one of those things. Well, when you talk, start seeing snowflakes and polar bears on advertising in Santiago, Chile, when it can be, you know, 35 Celsius or, you know, in the mid-90s Fahrenheit uh, around Christmas Day, and it has been before. I mean, I've, I've approached 100 degrees between that week um, of Christmas to Thanksgiving. It's a different perspective, right? So some of these things may not apply in the same way, but we'll, we'll talk about how they could apply. In any case, most people cold, some people warm, but because of the time of year, it can also be extremes in either case, right? It can be really cold or it could be really hot. So I guess the real question at hand is, is there a connection between what the weather's doing and gift giving and or gift receiving, right? So there's two sides of that equation as well. So I know I mentioned in the past that I was going to do a, a big data, and I, I still am, but I was thinking about this topic, not only because it's timely for, generally speaking, for this time of year, but also because it kind of plays into the big data piece with how we're understanding more and more about purchasing behavior in relationship to weather. So we'll get into more of the technology side of it, hopefully next week. That is the plan. I, I, I do promise to try to get that episode out next week. But let's talk about it in what we know just, you know, from a psychology of buying, right? So we know that little nuances in the weather, slight changes in is it raining, is it not raining, uh, what's the temperature, and that's where we're going. We're we're getting down into the minutiae and understanding the critical thresholds. But generally speaking, what we know from, from traditionally, and again, I'm going to reference more I guess, the U.S., North American, and, and European perspective, and, I, and some of this applies in other areas, uh, it, it, potentially in slightly different ways, but the concept is as follows, that when it's gift-giving season, the ideal weather for traditional shopping is whether that it's not too cold, or you don't have such a... high amount of precipitation that it keeps people from wanting to make to get outside or even to the point where it's hazardous right to the condition let's say a blizzard's coming through you know people aren't necessarily going to leave their home to go shopping I mean some will And, and you know a lot of it depends if you're in a more rural versus an urban setting of course but generally speaking not not too cold because people such that people don't want to get out in it not too inclement in terms of precipitation going on but the flip side of that is you also don't want it to be too warm because what will happen is in a season that's supposed to be cold and this this could be true of the opposite in in the southern hemisphere is when the weather is opposite of normal people are looking quite often to take advantage of it so you know in if it's typically a warm season it's cool people may be doing more and be more active as opposed to being sedentary in their house and it's the flip side in in the northern hemisphere where people are saying I want to get outdoors you know winter's supposed to be upon us but this is a great day maybe go to the lake maybe you know just be outside and not be confined to doing shopping so that's really what you're looking for ideally and again as we understand more, we'll start to get a better appreciation of the precise thresholds that are that are really in play there. And this could have to do also with why people might go to an indoor mall versus an outdoor shopping setting, or, you know, where stores are, you, know, you have to go outside from store to store, and that could come into play. But there's also a new psychology coming into it that relates to online shopping, right? So what may be bad for traditional brick and mortar, may be ideal for online shopping. So as an example, let's say there's a big snowstorm going on outside and it's cold and you just look at it and go, I'm going to stay in, watch a movie, but while I'm on a movie, I'm going to pull out this little tablet here, or a little laptop computer, and I'm going to do some shopping, right? It's, it's, It's perfect. Whereas again, if the weather is nice outside or it's, you know, just pleasant to be out and be around people, You may pick up and go shopping even if you're more of a traditional online shopper. So there's not as much research in that area yet. But again, hopefully with the advances we're making and the amount of data we'll have going forward in in time, we can continue to better understand all those things. And and trust me, the online people, while I know online shopping is picking up, they're going to reach a maturation point where they need to understand the nuances of when to push a certain thing Uh, Whether it's, you know, it's the whole thing I talked about with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Well, you know, they have the flexibility that it doesn't have to be on a Monday. And with more and more people, you know, getting alerts from different shopping programs or whatever, all that can come into play. Another interesting tidbit I found in all this is sometimes even really cold weather can trigger the right behavior. Maybe not in the short term. In these cases, we were talking about kind of an immediate response. I'm getting up. What am I going to do today? But there's also been research that's shown that when people get an early arrival of of winter-type weather, they start thinking, you know, that's that's planning going on their head, oh, winter's on the way, I need to be thinking about shopping. And so some people will shop earlier, and because the immediate timeline pressure isn't there, you may find that the gift-giving is more generous because they're out there kind of, you know, looking at individual things and taking some time and yeah you know, maybe being a little more generous so you know psychology of the buying is is certainly one piece of the equation, right So with an understanding of when we might shop timing wise, there's the next question of the kind of the psychology of generosity and really is there a weather connection there about how much giving people might do so, this one is a little trickier and there wasn't a lot of good research. I looked into things, you know, you've probably heard of the cuddle hormone before and and there was some alluding to a connection and, and even I, I did, a, uh, I saw a review, you know, and I've mentioned this before, like where, where they do a review of literature that's out there and they talk about all of them and then they specifically said that there had not been a solid study between this hormone that comes out and it's a very interesting hormone go read about it sometime if you want to if you want to go off on a science binge somewhere because it has everything to do you know from how mothers and children uh, become bonded in the young years even the the labor during the birthing process where this hormone comes into play but why we pick mates and you know stay with them for a long time etc so no solid evidence there from from that perspective but what I did find something that was interesting in relation to hormones and how we feel is a study that investigated people getting a warm beverage, like if it's a cold day outside, a warm beverage being placed in their hand and that triggering this sort of hormonal response. So here you are, it's a cold day outside, you've just come in, you know, gotten into the mall or the store or wherever it is, And you you go and you grab a coffee, right? Your hands are still a little cold and you put your hands on that container and that through the release and changes in our body makes us more generous, makes us happier, makes us want to do things for other people. And the interesting thought process that continues to go on there is then it can become a feedback loop. Now, as we all know, shopping can certainly be very stressful. But as long as people aren't overdoing it, they may, if they've had some of these responses to them, they get this warm cup of coffee and they start thinking about all the wonderful gifts that they can go and get people and they, they go get things done and may pick up something extra or spend a little bit more than they would have otherwise. And the more they do that, the more successful they are at the gift-giving process or even seeing the little Salvation Army bucket. I know a lot of us dread walking outside because these things are all over the place for year, but you actually feel better if you give money. So, it can become a feedback loop where you may have a day that you go out and you get a lot of shopping done and you feel good about it. And actually, that's the day you're more likely to go outside and give money to the Salvation Army, which in turn makes you want to go maybe go home and then finish all your shopping doing online shopping. So, while not as well studied and not directly studied in this way, it was shown that there's this generosity and. Warm temperatures being applied to the hand. But one of the other things that's known and has to do with hormones is extremes, whether it be really cold or whether it be really hot. And, and again, this gets into the whole, it could be in the northern hemisphere or southern hemisphere, is more likely to shut us down and put us in a bad mood. And we've talked about some of that aspects in the psychology of weather before. So there's really, you know, you've got multiple ways that you can really think about this and look at it um, in, in what this angle is. So there's the psychology of buying element there's the psychology of generosity but now let's talk about is there an impact really with the the actual gifts that we get so you know you think about and, and let's step away from christmas for a moment and let's let's take a, d- a day like valentine's day right where quite often we're buying perishable things and both the availability and the prices on those items can vary drastically based on how the weather's been lately in flower growing regions or in cocoa growing area, you know, cocoa bean growing areas that could, you know, impact all the elements of what's going on. You want to buy roses for somebody, but instead of last year when a dozen was $25 this year, it's $50. And you go, Hmm, huh, I'm not so sure about that. Or you want to get them some nice chocolate or something else. again, If the price is double, you're going to think twice about what you spend on it. But another interesting element to it, and these are always the fun parts, right? You know, that if you think about it, it's kind of obvious, was that how we think about the types we give are also impacted by the type of, of weather that's going on around us, and specifically the temperatures. So the colder it is, the more... Creative people are with gift giving, which I thought was interesting. I, I wouldn't have necessarily you know drawn that up. And so cold weather makes us more creative, which might be why you get more creative gifts in a cold year than in a warm year. And it just it triggers, again, how our body is responding that triggers different areas of the brain and you know all this could even and I'm not saying it did it didn't get in this much detail in what I was looking at but it could even be getting into more primal things like you know you're thinking about it's cold you know I've got to survive what am I going to do to survive and you start you're able to think not so much in just a processing sort of way but you know what would I do if sort of scenario and when you apply that to gift giving it becomes a different angle and it's oh well what if I gave them this thing or that thing. And and how is that different than, or, you know, maybe trying to have different gifts for everybody in the family instead of just giving gift cards. Um, and actually I read some interesting stuff about gift cards in, in all this as well. So um, the the answer is yes. Everybody, no matter what people say, and this has nothing to do with whether, I'll just throw it in here for that. Gift cards work. Even though you feel guilty and people say, oh, it's kind of a lame gift people that get gift cards more likely spend them on things that they wouldn't have bought otherwise that they actually want all right so there there is that angle so it as you can see it really impacts the whole cycle now end of day what does it mean i'm not sure that any of it can we can draw to conclusion and say really cold weather you get better gifts or more snow you get better gifts but what it, what we can say is Maybe snow earlier in the year. So, you know, you shouldn't be looking for a white Christmas. Maybe you really need to be the new song, right? I'm dreaming of a white Halloween. So snow at Halloween. That's what you want. That's it. That's the uh, optimal gift-giving setup. And then after that, you want moderate to normal temperatures. Not not warmer than normal, but just kind of average after that so that people aren't thwarted from going out and doing the shopping. Or in this day and age, and this is the argument, right, with online shopping so readily available, it doesn't matter what the weather is after that. As long as they've got it triggered in their head they need to be shopping, they're going to go out and shop. It's just which avenue they tend to do it on. So no perfect answer, but it is clear that how we, in in certain times, respond and our level of giving uh, did seem most influenced by the warm aspect, but not necessarily just warmer than normal temperatures but you know the other thing that was in all this and again it's not a weather thing is if you want to get more gifts or you know feel good about it hugs and all this stuff and this gets into that same hormone the more physical contact we have with and it could be animals as well whether you like you know you have a pet or whatever else that's why we feel better when we interact with with animals etc it's the same thing but it can impact if you want to get in a good mood to go shopping here's what you do right first You give somebody you know a hug before you're headed out. Maybe you take the dog with you and and go on a walk before you go out, whatever it is, and and get in that right same mood. Go out when it's a little cold outside so that whenever you get to where you're going, you can get that nice hot beverage, feel good about it. You'll be more generous. Even if it's not in the monetary level you're giving, it'll be the thought that you put into it, right? So it's a win-win all the way around for both the giver and the receiver. So as I've, you know, kind of touched on at various points during the episode here. Clearly all this stuff does have to do with big data. The more we know, the more we understand on, on both the selling and the buying side, the more evolved the shopping process will become and fine-tuned. You know, I read an interesting article that actually Christmas time or or having holiday seasons and shopping around these big gift holidays, no matter what the weather is, is not of a benefit because you end up buying things in a lot of cases that people don't necessarily want or, or use and the best person to shop for is yourself and this gets into the whole gift card thing again but again big data the weather connection we'll get into that next time around so so since I'm on the topic let's just we'll, we'll use a snow thing for our interesting tidbit this week Now traditionally the U.S. and there's a couple locations in the western U.S. that are kind of known for big snowfalls. Um, Go look at Donner Pass. Don't do it on a light day Uh, if you ever want to read about the troubles of too much snow and how it can keep piling up over a season. But in the past couple of years there's an area in Italy that's taken over with the 24-hour snowfall record or the one-day snowfall record. They had 2.5 2.5 meters, nearly eight, is actually over eight feet of snow right around there for a couple of different locations that, you know, I would have at first thought, thought you know, the northern part of Italy in the Alps area, but this place is almost, it's like due east of Rome over towards the, the eastern Italy coast. And I was stunned, but this gets kind of like in the U.S. where we have areas we call talk about lake effect snows where these perfect kind of setups come for snow, but just, you know, that's a lot of snow. (laughs) So it makes me wonder, and I'm sure there are, I have to imagine that the snow record is nowhere near either one of these places, right? The the U.S. locations or or this place, that happens to be where people are measuring snow. I would guess and speculate that there's probably some area that has had more and some, you know, snowstorm in the past at least one time that it's just a place we don't frequent. Because we tend not to hang out in heavy snowfall areas is a rule of thumb. But can you imagine that two not not two and a half feet, folks? Two point five meters over eight feet of snow in one day. That's a lot of snow. I wonder if they got their mail the next day. I don't know. All right. So let's let's wrap up here. It's time to get to the end of the episode and let you get on with the rest of your holiday shopping if you're in a region that's observing this time of year. And if not, yeah, just enjoy the Enjoy the end of the year. Any case, how to get hold of us, you know the routine. If you want to send an email giving us some feedback, thoughts, whatever it might be, just whatisitabouttheweather at gmail.com. Of course, you could also check with Contact Us on the website, whatisitabouttheweather.com. There's a form there if you prefer to use it. Also, from a support standpoint, you know the drill, RSVP, rate, share, validate, and pledge. Uh, whether you use iTunes or another podcatcher and it allows rating, consider rating us. Share. As I've always said, that, that's probably been the most important thing all along. Us little guys in the podcasting world, it's hard for people to find us. The rating thing helps, but as much as that, it's just you telling other people about about the show. Validate that feedback is is crucial. I know you think to yourself, does he ever really read the emails? I read all these emails. And I appreciate all, not not just the feedback, hey, it's a good show kind of stuff, but I appreciate getting thoughts about show ideas. And and this is where we get to, right? You may have thought about the weather connection in a way that I have never even imagined. And then it becomes a win again for all of us because I can investigate and explore it. I learned something in it. We all learn hopefully something about it when we talk about it. And of course, lastly, pledge. If you're getting something from it and want to help with the cost that we have of, of hosting the show and that sort of thing, consider going over to patreon.com slash weather and supporting the show. Or there's also a link now to, if you want to just do a one-time pledge through PayPal, any way you help us, it's greatly appreciated. So may you have until next time, a interesting, enjoyable weather life, but may it also find its way into areas that you'd never imagined. In a way that makes you go, hmm, I hadn't thought about that. Because as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself. We're tired of hearing our uncle grovel, so please support him on patreon.com slash weather. There's your two Red Super Productions.